hey. This is Jessica Dan, and you know what time it is. It is that time again. Listen, I don't have a formal in intro yet, okay? I just have the beautiful song, all right? All right, we're gonna work on that, okay? <laughs> just listen, okay? This is all that matters. This is what I'm talking about. Not how long my intro is, not any of that other stuff, okay? Thank you. <laughs> hey, y'all, this is Jessica Van, and this, of course, is the Outside the Lines Creative Strategy Podcast, and we are at episode two, EL. <laughs> and I am so excited again to be here with you all. We have had a crazy week of events some good some bad ups and downs of course um of course that's normal and we still sitting up here cooped in the house well as of yesterday i won't give the date but as of yesterday uh some of y'all are free to roam but i would stay home um this is just a really crazy time that's that's it's just a really odd time that none of us have ever really experienced and we're kind of all learning through this thing together I would think though that um, our country's leader would have more respect for the human life and not the dollar bill but we'll talk about that at another time because this is a business podcast and not a politics podcast okay anyway Um, like I said, this is the Outside the Lines podcast, episode number two, and this is where we find the strategy, the lesson, and even the mistakes out of hot topics and current trends in entertainment, art, music, and, um, of course, we run things by segments. Segment one, of course, is dedicated to the hot topics, and segment two is where I pick a song or you pick a song. I'm still waiting for people to send in some music. Um, from an indie artist and you get to vote if it is a bop or flop oh you know of course a bop is a great song good tune something we'd want to listen to follow and uh, subscribe to the artist or a flop which of course is a horrible song and I mean you could be honest but I will say if you do like the song it doesn't matter who it is if you do like the song do them a favor do me a favor by doing them a favor and um, stream, buy their music, stream it, share it, like it, comment, follow them because just like anyone else, they want to have great exposure. And so if you like it, then help them put a stream on it. If you like it, then you should put a stream on it. <laughs> okay. Well, let's go ahead and get to our subjects. Like I said, it's been a very interesting couple of weeks to say the least. And um, one of the stories that inspired me the most is Miss B. Simone, who is a comedian who has, I think she started off on YouTube. I want to say she started out on YouTube and she's just kind of taken the world by storm recently with her, uh, cosmetics. And of course she was just on a, well, before the coronavirus, she, uh, pandemic, she was, uh, on the tour with Martin Lawrence. Um, she's just rocking okay that's all I can say um uh, about February or so she made a declaration and she put out a video uh, saying you know I want to be a millionaire in the next 50 days and uh, by her 30th birthday which was sometime earlier this month and the month is April um she said 
to her fans on Instagram. Everyone who knows me, and this is a quote, everyone who knows me knows I want to be a millionaire by that time. By the time I'm 30, I have 50 days to be a millionaire and I'm $250,000 away. So that tells me alone she's been grinding, okay? Um, she set a goal to document, she set the goal to document her journey to millionaire success by earning 5,000 a day for the next 50 days. And that was during that time, according to her Instagram. And as of now, well, she's, she's did it. She's done it. She had a video, um, that was a birthday party and it was right at the beginning of, um, excuse me, right at the beginning of quarantining. So she didn't have that many people there. I'm sure she would have more in a 30th birthday, but uh, she showed her bank account and the bank account said $999,999. And so she transferred her own dollar over to her savings account and it made her a millionaire. And I will be honest with you, I cried. <laughs> I cried because I get excited to see, you know, women of color, women, black women in specific, you know, but just women succeeding and working beyond the, the status quo to get what they want. Just like uh, Raynell Stewart, which is also known as Supercent, who I want to say last year, I think she did uh, the holiday season this last past one and then the one before that. I want to say she made a million dollars in an hour and a half. <laughs> I mean, just selling because she was genuinely herself. It's just like B. Simone. B. Simone's herself. Um, like her or not like her she's gonna be who she is and she that's what you should be you know I would say in that situation the creative strategy the strategy and what she does is first of all she's omnipresent she's everywhere you're gonna see her um, on YouTube you're gonna see her on Instagram you're gonna see her you know I think she used to be on Vine back in the day I want to say she got a TikTok I'm not quite sure but um you're seeing her everywhere. She's working hard. She's multifaceted. That's another uh, part of it is she's not just uh, one trick pony. Is that what they call them? She's not just a one trick pony. She's doing beauty. She's doing, she just put out a book called Baby Girl Manifest the Life That You Want. And that sold out twice. And I'm mad because I kind of wanted to read it. And, you know, she's, she's just doing her thing. And so that's how she got to that million dollars. She, in that 50 days, she sold her first car. She moved from Dallas, Texas to Atlanta, Georgia a few years ago. Um, she sold that car that she came to the city with, um, that gave her some money. She sold clothes, both used and gently, gently used rather, and, um, new, um, she called it B. Simone's Closet, and she sold clothes, and I'm sure all of them clothes is gone, but that brought her into money. Um, she, another tip was she dug in her bag and pulled out old tricks. She was a licensed cosmetologist, and so she gave um, a session for a couple of ladies who paid the fee, of course, uh, beauty and advice, and she did their weaves and gave them advice, and I think that that is what you, you gotta uh, when the, the saying is everything you are looking for is right there in your hands is literally right in your hands. Um, I just think it's amazing and I'm, I'm proud of her. Um, the next thing I want to talk to you about was the Clark sisters. I'm so proud of the Clark sisters and their movie that just came out. Um, we sent a special prayer out though to the Sheard family because, um, the matriarch, they're, 
uh, mom, Kiera Sheard's grandma, you know, Karen Clark Sheard and Bishop uh, J. Drew Sheard's mother and mother-in-law passed away. Uh, we want to send out special prayers to them. But I would say that aside from that tragedy, um, that they they have had a pretty decent week. And that they really, um, the Lifetime movie, uh, the Clark Sisters, the First Lady of Gospel, First Ladies, rather, of Gospel uh, came out. And it was a phenomenal movie. And it was very transparent. And even though there were some spectators, and of course, we all know culturally, sadly, in our culture, we have a problem with um, just listening just to observe and not really to support. And so, you know, there's going to be speculators that just want to see what they could get or what kind of dirt they could get and, you know, made their commentary from what they saw. There's some people that will never even see the sunshine in a good, you know, in an event. They are just going to have a cloud of negativity over their head. They're just going to find some way to down talk people's progress. And to me, you know, it is what it is. Um, I was watching an interview with Tamar Braxton and Kiera Sheard and Tamar was like, well, you know, we're our, me and my sisters were in the spotlight too. And we kind of paralleled with the Clark sisters because of our upbringing, etc. And at the end of the day, you know, people are going to say what they have to say, but you know, my family business is my family business. Even if it's on a public platform, you know, the details of what goes on, like what we give you is what we give you. And I think that that's another problem with reality TV even though I like, I watch some shows. I ain't going to act like I don't. The problem with reality TV is that people want to know every single detail. Like I need to know the ins and outs. I need to know your blood type. I need to know how the, how long did the man kiss you that you was having an affair? Like they just, they just go off on deep end and we feel entitled to these people's lives. And really, and truthfully, it, at any state, if anyone on a public platform, you know, gives any detail to their life, we are privileged to, you know, see it. So, I mean, some of it we don't want to see. Let's not act like we do. But, you know, <laughs> like for one point in case, and I'm sorry if I giggle about this because it was hilarious. <laughs> but, uh, well, it was hilarious to me and I'll tell you why. But I was looking at... Um, another story that's been out and it just kind of correlating with the family, um, and the public eye. I was looking at Kim Kardashian and, um, Courtney fighting and we all have seen that. And it was ridiculous that these women in their forties are fighting about something that they could literally discuss and, um, get to the point. But I think that the problem my personal opinion of it is, I think the problem is, is Courtney feels like nobody really hears her and they like kind of treat her like the redheaded stepchild. And, you know, she probably kind of had enough. So, I mean, you got to do what you got to do to be seen, I guess. Um, I don't agree with it, but it was funny to me because it just, for whatever reason, it just resonated with me. Sibling rivalry, like, of course, I have siblings and I have cousins that are like siblings so we've always had like little beefs or little arguments or, you know, back and forth or sometimes fist fights. And I just like, well, it's sad that y'all are as old as you are, but <laughs> I mean, you felt like you had to go to that level of encounter, if you will, then that's on you. <laughs> 
I mean, I'm sure it's very embarrassing, but just back to what I was saying about the family dynamic, like putting families on a platform, like even in that situation, they didn't have to share any of that with us. You know, we didn't have to hear the details of Denise Clark or Karen Clark or anybody for that matter. They didn't have to share these things, but they shared them to show you like, look, this is where we are because of this is where we came from. And this is who our mother was. And I wanted to also say, I mean, aside from that, is that, you know, I think that growing up Pentecostal and in that specific denomination, um, there was always kind of a legend given to Miss uh, to Dr. Maddie Moss Clark. And I feel like Anjanue Ellis did her thing to personify that legend. Like, I could only imagine how she was because I didn't, I wasn't aware of her until, you know, um, listening to Finally Karen because I won't act like I was an avid Clark Sisters fan until, you know, later on in life. But I remember that I really loved Finally Karen's, like Finally Karen, the first album, the solo album from Karen Clark Sheard. And I did not know much about them until, you know, she was long gone. So, you know, to hear the legend of, oh yeah, she will throw a shoe at you and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Though, um, contrary to popular belief, the sister said she never threw it at people directly, but she would just throw it for you know, to get their attention. And um, clearly we saw in that movie that got that girl's attention. And so um, I just wanted to give a, you know, some kudos to Anjanue Ellis for really embodying um, Dr. Maddie Moss Clark, just even from the videos I've seen on YouTube. I think she did a great job. And, you know, just let's even talk about how these women were not actors. None of the sisters, people, well, except for um, the lady that played Denise Clark was already an actress. Of course, we've seen her on, um, of course, we've seen her on Being Mary Jane. Um, Apparently, her name was Nisi as well on that show. So um, outside of that, you know, these women who were singers, um, Christina Bell is um, famous for being in the group, the gospel group Zyel. And first of all, she can absolutely sing. Of course, we know Karen uh, Kiara Sheard is a well-renowned um, singer. That they're expanding their brands into different um, aspects. Now they are actresses, and I absolutely believe Kiara could be a love interest, or if she <laughs> if she can get over trying to kiss somebody in the mouth. So I understood that, but um, she could be a love interest, or she could, you know. I'm sure that there's, you know, a little bit of wanting to make sure we don't lose our, you know, compromise our beliefs or, you know, our view in the eye of the public. But I mean, I think that she can do, I just, I just love Kira Sheard personally. I don't know why. I won't say I don't know why. I just love her as, I just always have, but I think she can do anything she wants. So that's just another part of it is like, even in this, this is kind of blossomed careers for now or uh, previously singers now actresses so it just adds another tab if you will on the resume and so like overall I think that the movie was wonderful I think if you can't handle working with family don't do it (laughs) working with friends don't do it because friendship and uh, being a family member is more important than trying to get to some money. You can uh, have your own entrepreneurial ambitions outside of your family. Now, you could be like Wahlburgers and, you know, cook burgers with your brothers. My son was telling me (laughs) earlier uh, today 
that because uh, he was cooking dinner. He, I was helping him, of course, but he was cooking. And so he was saying, yeah, me and my brother said when we get um, older, we want to put together a company and cook fries. And I was like, oh, I, I think that would be great. So, I mean, it's just your own family dynamic. Some, some people just can't work together and it's okay. That doesn't hurt. I mean, that's not a bad thing. Some people work great together like the Mario Brothers. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so the next subject um, I wanted to talk about was um, spoken reasons and Emmanuel Hudson. And for whatever reason, this story kind of irritates me, not because of Emmanuel Hudson, but I followed both young men, you know, back in the day when YouTube was um, fresh and you know, that was the the real time to kind of really build a platform on YouTube. Also, side note, I want to say this real quick. When a plat when you see a new app or a new website or something where you can be uh, an expert uh, like Voicey or, you know, something like that, like TikTok, even though it used to be something else, when you see an app in its beginning process, jump on that thing and put out as much content as you can because that's what puts you out as an expert on that on that um, app even if it flops like vine think about all the careers that came out of six second videos because they jumped on it um the, the names are endless like one of them of course dc young fly uh, King Karan was one. Supercent was one. Like these people use that platform for their benefit and they caught it early so that as consistent as they were, look at where they are now. It helped them to get deals. So with that being said, Emmanuel Hudson and Spoken Reasons were both um, young artists on YouTube when YouTube was fresh and the notion of being a YouTube star was new and uh, Emmanuel would do videos with his brother and they seem to be at first faith faith-based videos I'm sure that there's you know they still dabble in that I guess I've seen some like church related things but anyway um so Emmanuel did a song called he wrote a song first of all which y'all don't know this is how far back I've gone uh Emmanuel was on there as a rapper and he's a good one too y'all missed out but um Emmanuel did a song called asking all the questions spoken reasons had his own platform he's kind of known as one of the first to do the jump cut editing and you know, he was one of the first to kind of bring that format to YouTube, that kind of vlogger situation. Um, and he had already kind of had a, a platform. He built a platform. And apparently, according to Emmanuel on his live that I saw, um, uh, somebody recorded it on YouTube. And he was saying, you know, that that was his way to put other people, spoken reasons, way to put other people on his platform to get more exposure because he had had more than you know these people was to give them an interview and then they did a video together and so apparently spoken reasons had reached out to Emmanuel's mom now mind you these kids are they probably just now 30 so I mean 10 years ago they were young they were 10 or 12 more years ago they were well eight years ago I'm sorry they were young 
if they're just now 30, I don't, I don't even know if they are even 30 yet, but, um, they were young kids. And so, uh, spoken reasons had Emmanuel to fly out, just kind of long story short, he had him fly out. They did the program. They did the, uh, video. Emmanuel was waiting on his copy of the file so they can press it so they can post together. So it can be, you know, show that it's a collaborative effort and not like spoken China's son, Emmanuel. <laughs> so, uh, long story short, he didn't get the video until, uh, matter of fact, he didn't get the video at all. He, uh, somebody, um, ripped the video from Spoken Reason's profile for him to post it on his page. But by then he said it was like too late. It had already appeared like Spoken Reasons had, you know, put it out before him, which he did. And so, um, long story short, Spoken Reasons, you know, had a movie, had uh, all the digital success, um, you know, just was doing his thing. And then all of a sudden he disappeared. And so about a year or so ago, he came back out and wanted to, you know, pull the, what I call a soldier boy. Cause you know, that's where we got Drake. That's where we got that from. Cause soldier boy was ranting about how he started a lot of things, which in honesty he did. Um, but Spoken was talking about Nick Cannon. He was saying some of the people you got on your show, which is of course wilding out. Some of the people you have on your show, um, I sun them pretty much. I helped them um, come up. I put them on. How dare you not have me on? And blah blah blah. Well, of course, you know he disappeared. Nobody knew where he was at. Um, and so basically, of course, you know he had a little situation with them. With Nick Cannon and his showrunner, so I'm not—I don't remember exactly who the guy was. I know he's like an executive for um, Incredible Entertainment, but um, so he was clearly trying to, you know, incite some buzz so that he can get some attention. And so apparently this happens, and we all know Emmanuel Hudson is also on. Um, is also on Wildin' Out. And so he had him on here. And I didn't see the whole episode, but what I saw, Spoken was not funny. I mean, you'd think he would be funny. He was not funny. And um, you would think that that was, you know, was edited to be that way. But it just, his punchlines didn't hit right. And so, of course, we know on Wild, on Wildin' Out, the ending thing is that battle, the rap battle. Um, wild style and so Emmanuel just let him have it and he you know he told him what what for <laughs> and even gave him the chance to apologize and he didn't do it he did not apologize and it, like that was so disrespectful but I mean it is what it is and apparently they had had a fight in the back or in the back uh, backstage and so they both went to you know of course their respective Instagrams to talk mess to each other and Emmanuel's just telling the story and so that's where I got that from so I'm sorry that it took so long to tell that story but it just kind of had to get a little bit of detail um to me I'm kind of disappointed in spoken reasons because he always seemed like he was one that was above board and of course there's two sides to every story so there's some things I don't know and basically spoken reasons owes uh Emmanuel Hudson money because he got a lot of money from the spins, from the views on that video. 
and he never saw a piece of it. He being Emmanuel. And so that's what that whole issue was about. So to me, um, my advice from you in this, in this event is first of all, don't go nowhere after you talked all that mess, (laughs) after you talked all that mess, don't go nowhere and flop. You need to be on point. Azalea Banks. You need to be on point, okay? <laughs> Either that or just don't come at all. Maybe he just thought he was being funny. I don't know. Um, I wanted to stress a few points that, you know, of course, we've all been eager to get our name, our talents, and gifts out to the world and quickly. So for you new artists or new comedians or new entertainers or public figures, you're going to have so many people, you know, that see you, that see you for the genuine talent you are. I've had those experiences. We all have especially, you know, from a creative perspective where you're a benefit, you could definitely benefit someone that seems to have more, um, in possession than you as far as viewers or, um, content put out or, you know, exposure or connections. You see it all the time. We see it all the time. This is not a new story. It's the oldest trick in the book in Hollywood or in the entertainment industry, if you will. My thing is, is you have to do your research Be careful about who you let endorse you because some of them are snakes. You got to be careful. They see your gifts, like I said, just as well as you see your gifts and your talent and your um, ability. So they're going to want to use it to their advantage. You got to be careful about the things that you do for exposure don't do too. I'm, I'm not saying that you don't do that. I think you should always network. I think you should always try to collaborate if you can with people that will help you and you in turn help them equally, but not all the time is that the case. So you have to be careful. I've had, I'm telling you like not even too long ago, I had a situation where I was not on my toes about my business, trying to be nice and trying to do things for the love of music because I love it so much. And I I love uh, to see people striving to get to a goal as far as music is concerned. And so, you know, I'm going to try to help people out. So, um, you know, you got to be careful. You just just have to. You got to be cautious. So the next thing is, you know, get everything in writing before you do anything. Get it all in writing. All your negotiations, all the, you know stipulations, canceling, litigation, you need, you need a, if you see there, there will be a point in time. If you're consistent and you're working hard, there will be levels that you see where your the doors are being opened differently. People are looking at you and responding to you differently. People that you might not even, um, people that you've talked to before that might now be speaking to you or, you know, wanting to work with you. You'll see these things happen, of course, but you have to be professional from jump. Even when nobody knows you, you have to make sure you get all your things written down in a contract. If you need to have an NDA, have an NDA. Uh, If you need to go and pay for a lawyer, an intellectual property lawyer, and, you know, make sure you invest in yourself with trademarks, etc. You got to do what you got to do, right? Um... And you do this before any work is exchanged, anything is done because otherwise, or let me say it even this way, even if you choose to barter with somebody, make sure you get an agreement of some sort where you know, like, Hey, 
I'm doing this for you. You're doing this for me. And that's what the fair exchange is. And that's it. Don't ask me to do more. Don't. And I'm not going to ask you to do more. And you just stay above board because that's how people will know. Like, and it's got to be at a certain time. Definitely set deadlines for uh, bartering and or doing something for exposure. Or I feel like you shouldn't do anything for exposure other than, you know, maybe an interview or something where you're where you're providing your knowledge to your audience you have to be very strategic in that and it can't just be just um, let me go help anybody and everybody just because there's somebody to help because you will get burned every time i'm telling you the truth um the next part is you know get all files copies arrangements anything that you do before get it all once you're completed get everything before you leave or before you know you consider everything complete. You make sure you get all your masters. If the if masters are in play, like if as an independent person, this is who I'm talking to. Any uh, copies of documents, any videos, anything that belongs to you equally, make sure you have a copy of everything. Because otherwise, you can get just like spoken reasons. Because even spoken reason said afterwards, and like a little. A little taunting thing will go ahead and sue me it's because he knows he's taking the right precautions and the right measures to do what he had to do so that he wouldn't lose a suit a lawsuit so clearly he called himself thinking two steps ahead but he still to me looks like he has egg on his face even though I still you know respect him for his hard work I just I, I look at him definitely differently now um um, so you, like I said, make sure you get all that stuff done and get it done ahead of time. And then when the, when it's over, you know, you just above board, just be above board. I feel like you can't go wrong trying to make sure. And Hey, maybe even if you have kind of done some slick work or trying to underhand or undermine somebody, or, you know, maybe didn't make good on something, go correct your behavior, go correct it, go make it right. Unless, you know, they out to kill you, then you might want to do that a different way. <laughs> but go make it right. Go do right by the, these people. Don't burn no bridges if you feel like it's not worth burning. But at the same time, if it's worth burning, burn that sucker down. <laughs> um, my last thing would be, well, a couple of things would be stay away from opportunists. You know the vibe you get. You know when somebody is genuine. If you don't know, you better study people look at their backgrounds like I've been in a couple encounters where I have had the opportunity to work with certain people or I work I was representing someone like a friend of mine or something um, as far as you know negotiations or management or whatever and I look people up and I'm not gonna you know just go into it all bright-eyed bushy-tailed I've had that happen to me and I got scorched but you have to do your research on people. Like, if you see someone you know associated with them, I don't care who you are. You, you ask, like, hey, what's, what is it about this person? Like, I would give you permission to ask about me in the, in the case that, you know, if somebody, hopefully they're honest, if good or bad, you know what I mean? Hopefully their uh, interaction with you or with me was good, but if it wasn't, you know definitely can figure out how to make it better between you and I, and especially between that person, you have to be honest. So, but you know what an opportunist is. There's definitely a difference between an opportunist and, uh, 
people who are genuinely ambitious. Like they're just out to get get the bag. You know what I mean? They're not out to do anybody in or, you know, they just want to see their dreams come true. There you can definitely see some the difference between that or someone who even is of a higher, if you will, exposure level or whatever. I say that so lightly because just because someone has all of those things doesn't mean that they possess more than you. Materially, yeah. Digitally, first of all, we all know that likes don't mean money. If likes was dollars, some people would be balling, but there's people with a million followers, a million likes, and not a dollar into their name. Amen? So, you know, you got to work it out. You just got to work it out. So I'm going to move on from that because I will find myself in a deep, deep tangent about, you know, opportunists because that's like the people that get under my skin. So the next topic we want to talk about, of course, we all want to talk about this is the uncle debacle, also known as <laughs> Teddy Riley versus Babyface versus put out the legends. Um, they were supposed to have a, a battle initially, um, I want to say early April, early April and if y'all don't know, Babyface um, was just uh, had just recovered from coronavirus. He and his family all had coronavirus. Babyface is 62 years old, so you know the fact that he was even still trying to get it together was amazing. Okay, and that's one. That's one. Two. Then so when they had to reschedule, um, we all saw. We all know. Teddy Riley had this entourage. Um, I never knew about, um, uh, I think his name is, well, I know his name is Breon. Uh, I never knew about Breon until, <laughs> until, you know, seeing him go for broke like a big daddy cane dancer. Um, but I guess apparently he's like a really like top exec, Breon Prescott. Um, he's an A&R. He's the president and A&R of, Ur- uh, at Urban, of Urban at Epic Records, uh, Sony Music Group. So that man back there that was doing all them 90s dances is a big wig. So you got to have some respect. He still looked a fool. I ain't going <laughs> he did. But, you know, and the sound system was jacked up and Teddy wanted to put on a show great mindset as far as that's concerned to me I think that's a great mindset not because I'm team Teddy because I am team Teddy but that's a wonderful mindset to have but a horrible platform to do it on because first of all Instagram is free for everybody and we're all you know restricted to the same parameters because that's not anything we own and again we and aside from that I think I know I mean I think that uh Teddy was talking about having it on a platform even before, like the first time that they had to reschedule. Um, he was saying, well, we need to have this on our own platform, blah, 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 you know, yada, yada. I think he probably got that from the little John T. Payne situation where, you know, it was growing. It was growing in there. So <clears throat> needless to say, they finally got it together. Of course, you know, after all of the memes and the videos and laughing and giggling I was still front and center I got in and I saw the whole thing on everybody's platform and um, of course I was juiced I was excited it was a great night I was looking at um 
after plays and, you know, all the little quotes and, you know, I don't do remixes and, you know, little shade that Babyface was given. But it went on for two hours and it had at least 511,000 people in that one room at different times, mind you, they were all, you know, they had to switch back and forth, you know, and of course had to restart, but it, they didn't lose anybody. They, it was 511,000 people in that room. And then different public figures had it because people were having a hard time getting in. So there's however many those thousands were. And then from that, apparently, according to Instagram and Timberlands and Swiss Beats, 3 million people were trying to get in the room. So 3.5 million people, 3.7 or 3.5 alone. And then however many that were watching it, quote unquote, bootleg, you know what I mean? I think that is amazing. Like that's stadiums and stadiums of people. And we're all sitting in our living rooms watching this wonderful event. First of all, so, you know, as far as the internet is concerned, the Wi-Fi, of course we want to have a good show, but we can't really complain if it's not on our platform. Secondly, like, I, I just was amazed because these are the songs of my childhood, like, all of them. Like, then there was some stuff I didn't even know. I didn't know Teddy Riley did um, some stuff with Keith Sweat. I didn't know Babyface did... Um, what is that song? I think the boys call my baby, call my baby on the phone. I think I, that was one of the songs. I didn't know he had something to do with that. And of course, we all know they both worked. You know, Bobby got them a couple bags apiece. You know, <laughs> Michael Jackson. I don't, uh, Babyface didn't work with Michael Jackson, but you know. And even at the end of the day, like they still didn't touch Black Street stuff like they could have. They still, was there no, there was no diggity, okay? <laughs> until the end but you know they didn't touch wait and exhale like they could have Whitney stuff like they could have Tony Braxton stuff even more so that they that they could have put out uh between the two of them like the work that they've done with the, all these different artists there was still tons of songs they could have played that would have just had us all enamored more than what we already were and they just cut it off. To me, the tip that I would give, a couple of tips I would give, of course, from the previous um, situation where, you know, y'all started grilling my boy Teddy, less is, mu- is more. Less is so much more. Like, don't worry about all the glitter. First of all, that shows you, for one, like I said, to do your research. What type of platform am I on? How have the previous ones gone? Yes, I want to outdo, but do it subtly. Like T-Pain, he he raised it up a notch by instead of just playing tracks, he played his live performances. And that, to me, set him above, you know, average. It's all in presentation. So, and I know that about, it seems like we know that about Teddy Riley, like he wanted to put on a show. Like he didn't want y'all to just be sitting here, you know, just looking at him play his <laughs> iPhone. But, I mean, to me, that was enough. That was more than enough. Less is more. Do your research. Know your platform before you get on there trying to show out. Uh, Sometimes it's best that your team stay in the background. It's a thin line between support and useless entourage. You have all these people in the room that it just makes you look busy and 
and unprofessional. Just the only person that was in Babyface studio. And I don't know if that was just because he was sick previously, but the only person that was there was him in those sexy candles and that beautiful flower arrangement. Okay. <laughs> um, Nevertheless, like I said, two absolute legends graced the internet with hit after hit and still had no room for all of them. Like I already said, like it was just amazing. Um, of course, there's been discussion of who's next. Like, how can we top this next one? Um, everybody's been saying, though, if, before we do that, let's go ahead and establish our own platform before, you know, we break the internet again because whoever they have is going to have to top this one. So it's been in the works or in talks about Dr. Dre and Diddy, which, you know, it's pretty much reliving East Coast, West Coast. But, you know, hey, it was a part of our lives as well. And I think that these are almost billionaire level men. So they don't want just, you know, any old thing, even though Diddy did that uh, event earlier this week with um, the Danthathon on Instagram. There was no problem there, but um, we're going to talk about Diddy next session. Um, they're going to do like, they're thinking like, if we do it, let's do it as a pay-per-view situation and let's raise this money for COVID victims or, you know, uh, essential workers, etc. Like, I think that's awesome. Like I have the worst part of our lives right now where it seems like we don't understand. We don't have a, a sure foot on the ground right now has brought out and bloomed this renaissance of creativity you see it everywhere not just in music everywhere people are so creative like how has espn stayed on so long they've been playing reruns of games the nba is down for the count probably won't come back this season but you have to learn how to adjust and adapt also in you know what you're doing so just to kind of give you a rundown of all my tips when it came to be Simone hard work pays off having a devoted team helps uh, make sure you set your goals um, and just grind and grind out and be transparent and show people the journey um, you don't have to work for family members or with family members if you don't want to but if you do just make sure everything is cohesive and copacetic uh, if you're a new artist or a new um uh, entertainer make sure that you have your business acumen up front like you know the behind the scenes work you know um, what contracts look like what a 360 deal looks like so you know not to sign one or if if you do sign it you know why you signed it and you know what's gonna how it's gonna benefit you which they barely do let me tell you but um you know learn the ins and outs of the industry that you're in I don't care if it's uh, creating Phillips screwdrivers. You better know the Phillips screwdriver industry, okay? Like, you got to know it. You got to know it. Um, less is much more. Don't do the most. Study your platform. Study where you're going. You don't go to a picnic in uh, sequins, do you? No. So make sure you know your platform. You know your environment. Even if you just want to take your performance or take your uh, brand, uh, positioning to the next level, there's ways to do it without being so outrageously big and extra for no reason. 
So that wraps up segment one. Segment two is quick and easy. We're not going to be here long. Uh, Our artist for this week's bop or flop is Mr. Justin Goss. The song that he has is called Too Good. Um, It is, there's a visual out on YouTube. Justin has kind of transformed his brand a couple of times. Um, Essentially, he was an artist called Jesus Geek. And Jesus Geek was dope. And then he wanted to be JG in Red Letter. And that was a beautiful period and era. But now he's stepping out on his own. And he's just Justin Goss. And he is who he is. And he's himself. And so this song is called Too Good. I think that is too good. But of course, I'll leave the answers, uh, the the response to you, the votes to you. Uh, if you think it's a bop or flop, you can either leave a message um, on Anchor. .fm, you leave me a message and let me know, or you can send an email to hey, I'm Jess, me, Jess, at jvanvannagency.com. Of course, that information will be located on the website, I mean, on the profile. Um, once again, this is Justin Goss with Too Good. Yeah. Have you ever had a friend that was there when you called with the world in his hands? Have you ever had a friend turn water into wine, give sight to a man? Have you ever had a friend love you no matter what and was with you to the end? Yeah, to the end. I got that friend, no doubt about it. His angels all around me. The whole world will bow. Ain't no doubt about it. Yeah. He gave his life for us and left some leftovers. His water overflowing. That's why we toast him. My wife and kids, all my friends in here. Life gets hard just to make it clear. I'm still standing, no complaining here. Cause I got breath in my lungs. Got a raise at my job. My family looking good. And we can never lose, yeah. Oh my God, he's been so good.
that was Justin Goss with Too Good. Um, if you liked it, let me know. Tell me. If you didn't like it, let me know. Tell me. Uh, at uh, Hey, I'm Jess at jvanagency.com. That's another episode. I will see y'all in two weeks. If you could, go ahead and follow me at Jess underscore A underscore creative on Instagram. Like the J Van Agency page anywhere you see it. Uh, just, you know, give me some feedback. I appreciate it. See y'all.